to her daughter's room. What is it, baby? Are you all right? Emily was pressed tight against the wall. Her eyes were wide with fear. She ran to her mother, hugging against her legs. Gabby felt a jolt of panic. She had never seen her daughter so frightened. She lifted Emily into her arms. What's wrong? Emily had her face buried in her mother's shoulder. There's a huge daddy long legs in my room. Gabby almost sobbed in relief. Angry with herself for becoming so spooked. You're going to have to get used to that, sweetie. She stroked her daughter's hair. We're in the countryside now. There's lots of insects here. It's over there. It came through the window. Emily was still tucked tight against her. From the other side of the room, Gabby could hear the paper-like rustling of the insect as it fluttered against the glass behind the curtains. Well, I'll just get rid of it, and then we can get you back into bed. Gabby pulled the curtains back from the window and the breath caught in her throat as she caught sight of what was there. Then she started to scream. Alan Travers drained the last mouthful of his pint and shrugged into his heavy jacket. It was nearly the first day of spring but there was still a chill in the air at night and he had a long walk home. Sure you'll not stay for another, Alan. The tiny public bar of the Wheat Chief was busy with its usual weekday mix of locals and tourists. Brian Cartwright was at the bar, a twenty-pound note in his hand. Alan shook his head. As unusual as it is to see you buying around, I'm afraid I'm going to pass. I've got an early start in the morning, even if you layabouts don't. I'll see you gentlemen tomorrow. Pulling on his hat, Alan threaded his way through the jostling drinkers towards the door. Well, you just be careful cutting through that science park, Brian called after him. You know they're breeding monsters in there. As the door swung shut behind him, Alan could hear laughter ring out throughout the pub. That joke had been a regular one ever since the park had been built on the edge of the village. Alan gave a snort of derision. Biofuels and GM crops. As far as he was concerned, that was almost the same as breeding monsters. Pulling up the collar of his jacket, he set off through the pub car park towards the industrial estate. It was a clear night, and a distant moon was casting a pale glow across the fields. Alan shivered. He should have had a coffee instead of that last beer. He lived in the next village over, and even cutting through the science park, it was a good twenty-minute walk to get home. The footpath around the village was accessed by a stile in the corner of the car park. He clambered over it unsteadily, losing his balance as he landed on the well-trodden path on the other side. He definitely shouldn't have had that final pint. He breathed in deeply, taking a good lungful of the cool night air, then set off along the path. As he approached the underpass that cut beneath the railway line, a tall shape suddenly loomed up from the darkness, making him start. With a barking laugh, he realised that he'd been startled by one of the standing stones, that formed the circle in the field close to the pub. In the moonlight, the monolith could almost have been a hunched figure. Alan walked over to it, running his fingers over the swirls and patterns carved into the ancient rock. Alan had always liked the stones. He liked that they were a reminder of the natural world, not the clean, clinical science that dominated modern life. It had been the stones that had nearly scuppered the plans for the science park altogether. When the plans had first been published, there had been a huge public outcry at the desecration of an ancient site. Even though no burial ground had ever been found associated with the stones, 
public pressure had forced the development of the park to be moved to the other side of the railway line. Alan couldn't understand why Ringstone had been chosen as a site for the park anyway. It wasn't exactly convenient. That, in turn, had started all the rumours about it concealing something untoward. That, and the fact that the businessman behind it had some kind of facial disfigurement. Poor beggar had to wear some kind of plastic surgical mask. Parting the stone with approval, Alan set off along the path towards the underpass. Clouds had started to crawl across the face of the moon, and Alan was beginning to regret not bringing a torch. As he entered the tunnel, something brushed his face. With a cry, Alan swiped at it with his hand, then immediately berated himself for being so jumpy. It was just a spider's web. He wiped his hand on his jacket. The stuff was sticky and strong. As he tried to brush off the strands...